0: you what we got the best musicians on the planet amen wow good morning good morning it's so good to see you and uh, welcome to Crossroads we're glad that you are here or watching by way of live stream welcome just a few announcements to get us going this morning Uh, don't forget this weekend this Saturday is our big car show craft show and if you signed up back in the spring Uh, finally finally we're gonna do this thing so if you sign up in the spring to help and volunteer we can definitely use your help there is a sheet at the back of the uh, room back there if you would just double check if you signed up if you did not sign up and you want to help you're needed you're needed we're expecting several hundred people hundred people uh, to come out we know that there's a couple hundred cars that are gonna be here so I guess there's gonna be at least one driver per car Unless they're bringing those expensive vehicles that are self-driving. So we know there's going to be a lot of folks here. So come out if you can. Be a part of that great day of fellowship. Uh, Next Sunday, we're going to have a special guest with us. Uh, Colonel Chaplain Greg Woodbury will be here for our men's breakfast. So uh, guys, please mark that on your calendar, 8 o'clock. going to be a great time uh, with him. I'm so looking forward to that. Tonight, our Disciple Life classes continue. And if you are looking for a great study to get plugged into, I want to encourage you to come out. There's one for every age group, and those are on your handout, so I'll let you uh, read that and see that for yourself. A lot of places where you can volunteer as well, and so check out that half sheet if you would and be aware of that. I want to also mention some folks to be praying for as we go to the Lord in prayer to kick off our service this morning. Uh, We want to continue to remember the McDonald family uh, had just a wonderful celebration of life for, uh, for Lewis this past week. So please continue to lift them up and be remembering them if you would. Uh, good news from uh, uh, Rodney Leonard is home, I think, uh, recovering very, very quickly, more quickly than we thought. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, we want to continue to remember Elaine, if you would continue to just lift her up with her shoulder. I know that there are other needs, and uh, if you have a need this morning, I know I would raise my hand and say, I've got a need. Murphy's Law happened at the Eason family this morning, so uh, Lynette is still experiencing vertigo and Will's had a nosebleed, so isn't it interesting how that happens on Sunday? You know, it doesn't happen any other day of the week, but on Sunday, that's just kind of a sign. The devil's trying to prevent us from worshiping together, but we're not going to allow that to happen, so let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your love for us. We lift up those in our church family today who need a special uh, just touch from you. Thank you for being a part of our service this week as we celebrated the life of Lewis McDonald, what he means to our church and to our community. We pray you continue to be with that family, Lord, that they would experience your peace during this time, and especially for Rodney today, Lord, as well. Thank you for the recovery that you're doing in his life. We pray for Elaine, that you would continue to be with her and, and others that are sick and not feeling well. Those that are shut in at home and uh, not able to be with us, we're thankful that through the Wonderful gift of technology, they're able to join us in worship together today. Lord, most of all, as we are in this service today, we pray that our worship would be one of, uh, would be active. We would not just be spectators today, but you would allow us to worship you and to lift your name up. Thank you for the privilege that we have to worship together, both individually and as a church family. And so, Lord, I pray right now in this moment. That you would take away every care and concern, because we all have them. And you would help us just for the next few minutes to concentrate on you. For you're holy, and you're worthy, and you love us. And you desire for us to commune with you today and worship and just to have that relationship with you. Thank you so much for that privilege that we have. As we sing today, in just a little while as we hear your word preached and shared through joey i pray god that uh, we would really focus on what it really means to tune our hearts to you and that you be glorified today that when we leave this place we would know we've been in the presence of jesus and we ask this in your name amen good morning let's
1: stand together as we sing this wonderful hymn worthy of worship worthy of praise all right everybody let's sing it out together
2: I'll invite you to come on down uh, as we prepare for uh, our time to give back uh, in this service. And uh, if you'll just join me in prayer while we uh, prepare for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for all that you've given us. Uh, You are worthy. Um, You're you're worthy of everything that we can possibly give to you uh, because we certainly don't deserve all the the grace and the, um, the love that you've given to us, God. So. As we enter this time uh, to give back to you, we have this opportunity to uh, follow your lead and follow your example. We just ask that you would help us to be generous givers um, so that your mission on this, uh, on this earth and this community and through this church um, so that it can go forward the way that you would have it to do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be
1: That should be our prayers today. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. We have an opportunity each year to participate in Samaritan's Purse Shoebox Ministries. These shoeboxes are for children and they're carried all around the world. Some of you may have actually even uh, tracked your box to see when and where it was delivered. At this time, there's a video here that's going to be showing all about a little snippet. I think our goal this year is 200, 250, uh, 200, 250, 200 boxes. So let's work now hard in putting together our boxes to be turned in in November. Watch the video here.
3: Hello, I'm I'm Franklin Graham, and first of all, I just want to say thank you for uh, your support of Operation Christmas Child. This is an incredible opportunity to reach children Uh, around the world, and especially with 2020, uh, COVID-19. This is the first time in the history of the world where the world has been locked down. It's never happened before. It just makes me think that maybe the Lord Jesus Christ will be coming back soon. And if that's the case, we need to be working even harder now than ever, and we need your help, we need your prayers, we need your support as we reach out around the world in Jesus' name, helping children by giving them a gift discipling them, for those that receive Christ, discipling them in God's Word so that they can go out and reach their friends and their family with the truth of the gospel. Multiplication. So thank you for your help. Thank you for your support, your prayers. We got a lot of work in front of us. God bless you.
1: Let's stand together as we continue to sing today. I exalt thee, O God, and then I worship you, Almighty God. Such beautiful songs as we sing, lifting up our voices to God today in and through our worship. Sing out today. Thank you. You may be seated this time.
4: You know, when God wakes you up in the middle of the night to give you a song, that song needs to be sung. He's got a message he needs to say. I don't know your hearts, you all look pretty, but I don't know what's in your heart, but I do know that Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon, and if you don't know him, it doesn't matter how pretty you are, but you're without hope, so don't listen to me, listen to the words, and there's one part in the song that says, I'm going to lay down my worship, how big is your worship? Soon and very soon, my King is coming, robed in righteousness and crowned with love. When I see Him, I shall be made like Him, soon and very soon, soon. There, my sin erased, my shame forgotten, soon and ve- Soon and very soon, see the procession, the angels and the elders round the throne. At his feet I'll lay my crowns, my Jesus Christ, Lamb, the Lord of heaven. I will be with the one I love with unveiled face, I'll see. There, my soul.
1: Let's have a prayer together. Father, this time is yours. I pray, Father, that you would put all of our thoughts aside. And that, Father, you would have the freedom for the Spirit to move today. Use this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today... What a treat that you have that I'm going to be speaking. (laughs) Uh, I I will say I'm out of my element. I love to be back waving arms or directing, you know, others to do certain things. And it is really odd for me to be at this point in time uh, speaking. But as many of you know, I know it's a shocker to so many of you here. I do enjoy talking. (laughs) <laughs> today our topic is biblical worship and what is it what is it as, as we talk about worship man alive I told Jack how in the world do you do it each week that you plan for a sermon and how God leads in so many directions and there are many things that we could camp out and speak an hour to on some of the things how God leads in our thought processes and then you know i i would write stuff down and then i would think about it and i'd wake up and i'd get up and go into the kitchen or go into the dining table there and i would write out some more things and how god would change this to this and it's amazing how our god works well i've established i'm very passionate about worship and what it is But I think we need to understand what it is not. You know, we all have our thoughts about what worship should be. I grew up in church as a child in the 60s and in the 70s. And I saw things change in church life. You know, those young people started bringing those guitars in the worship service. And then we started clapping some in the church service. And my grandmother, I never will forget, I was over at her house. And this was, uh, I was older at the time. And we got to talking about worship. Now, you've got to understand, my grandmother was the, I loved her, I just loved her. She was the absolute best, and she did no wrong in my eyes, except when she said, we were talking about worship and she said, you know, she'd put her hand up on her, her lips like this and she goes, I just don't like that clapping in church. And I'm going, Well, Mama, what is it that you don't like? I just don't like it. I just I'm just not gonna do it. And I'm going, Well, Mama, that's fine. If you don't do but I have to ask you a question. I said, What are you gonna do when you get in glory? Well, we'll just face that when I get there. (laughs) So I imagine today she may be able to look down and she may have a smile and laughing because I imagine that she has been dancing, she's been clapping, she's been praising in ways that she never understood, and she has been up there for years. So I imagine she's laughing and saying, You know, Joey, you were right. You were right. But you see, worship means different things as we talk to different generations. This brings us to 2020. I just have to laugh. I can't wait till 2021. Let's put this year behind us and let's move forward. In Jesus' name. We are a multi-generational church. So we need to come to that conclusion right now. We have senior adults and we have little babies that I hope are behaving in the nursery. We are multi-generational. So how is it that you plan worship? How is it that you talk about worship in a church with so many different ideas of what worship? Worship is or is not. The true object of worship has remained and will remain the same yesterday, today, and will remain through eternity. However, it's the methods we use they have to change. And I love using this um, example. Think about a car when the car was first invented you know a lot of them had the crank if not most of them had the crank shut. you know you had to thank god we don't have to do that today cars as they evolved had air conditioning heaters thank god cars ride smoother today than they did back then. So I would hear my grandparents talk about them. But the object of the car stayed the same. The object of a car was get you from point A to point B. And that's really the object of the car today. We just like it a lot more comfortable than we did or those did back then. Today, methods change in churches, but the message never changes. The message should never change in churches. If we ever start getting the message out of whack, then we need to change who we are. The message is and always should be about God himself. This morning, we're going to look at what worship is not, and then we're going to talk about what it is with some biblical examples. I'll say at this time that some of these thoughts are not my original thoughts. I'm not smart enough to come up with some things on my own, so I love reading and studying. And some of the examples that I use are from things that I read, and if you'd like to know about those sources, I would love to be able to talk to you about them. Before we begin, we have to establish... Now, this is one of the topics we could stay for a while. The object of worship. Now, boy, we could really go in different directions about what we tend to worship within our own individual lives and even with our families. But today, we're establishing right off the bat the object of worship Is God himself that is the object Jesus Christ died for all I can accept him as my Savior and I will live with him forever because my God loved me so much that he gave his only son Jesus for me and for you the Holy Spirit is given that he moves within our own lives So the object of our worship is our great God himself. So now that we've established that, let's talk about worship is not. Now, I really want you to listen to this. Worship is not just a time. It is not a place. We often equate worship. With whatever time we gather on a Sunday morning. Oh my goodness. My dear family. My dear friends. Worship is so much more than that statement right there. Worship is not determined by a preacher. Or a staff. You should not judge your worship. On what the preacher or the staff does or does not. That does not determine whether or not you worship. If you are worshiping and your worship depends on that. You've got your focus on the wrong thing. Now I'm going to mention something here. I cannot stand this phrase. Oh, we are just in a worship war. We're just churches are in a worship war. I I, I just... Despise that. I know you're not supposed to hate, but I do hate that. That's the saddest thing that we hear today. We have to realize that worship or our idea of worship is not about what we think it should be or should not be. Again, churches all over our nation they're falling apart from within because they're getting mad about this and they're getting mad about that. The focus is on the wrong thing. Worship is not about those things. It's not about what we do or what we don't in our worship. These next few topics that worship is not, it can be toxic Poisoning, as I like to say, if we're not careful. Worship is not about an instrument that we use or do not use. Let me say that again. Worship is not about an instrument we use or do not use. I love giving people the opportunity to use their talents for the Lord Almighty. I love hearing the playing of instruments. In fact, I would love for more of you to say, Joey, I have to confess. I'd like to use my talent of playing an instrument, a guitar. We have a gentleman, we have a box drum. It's a box thing. I'm going to be working with this young man, and we, we may bring out the little box drum every now and then with a little rhythm. Do not judge your worship on an instrument. That is not worship. Worship is not about the music. (laughs) Did you hear that? Music is my thing, music stirs the heart of a soul. But that's not our primary focus for worship. Worship, it is not about
4: lights,
1: camera, action. I know some churches.
5: <laughs>
1: now, I'll have to preface what I'm saying. It's great that we have lights to focus on things. It's great that we have sound that we can project. But if people put their focus on lights, camera, action, again, your focus is on the wrong thing. You're out of whack. So let's talk about what worship is. Do you know worship is about us? Not collectively, it's not about our neighbor, but it's about the individual. Worship has to do with me, it has to do with you. Haven't we been guilty in church? I have, I will say this, that I'm speaking from my own experiences, and I do ask God to forgive me when I think this many times. Well, not really many times, but sometimes. Have you been in church and you sit there and you go, mm-hmm, so-and-so needs to hear that sermon, and they not here today. Mm-hmm. Or about, oh, I'm glad so-and-so's here. Boy, they getting preached at today. That's getting back into our focus, is a little out of whack. Have you ever sat in worship? And you leave worship and you go, man, the preacher must have been on some of my thoughts this week. He preached directly at me today. I've been there many times. Thinking, wow, I was the only one. In fact, he looked over there at me a couple of times. He knows. He knows. Worship is about our preparation. It's what we do during the week. What do you do on Sunday mornings before you get here? I used to laugh at a family at our church. Uh, she and her husband would drive up, and she'd smile when she got out, when she coming to church. She'd go, well, you could read. It's Vicki Hart. Yeah, I love Vicki Hart. And Vicki Hart, she'd smile all the way in and then she'd come into church. She'd go, I could kill my children on the way to church, but we're here. Worship is about preparing ourselves. What do you do during the week to prepare yourselves when we collectively get together to worship? Worship is about our heart. We should pray. We should read our scripture. This goes into preparation. We should prepare all those things. And I'm not being ugly when I say this, but if you only plan your worship once a week, boy, are you out of whack. I have to ask the question, do you eat once a week? Well, I eat two and three minimal times a week. A day, rather. A day. That's... Just like our God in nourishing our spirit. If we expect to be only fed on Sunday, man, we're on a spiritual dying by the time we get to Saturday. We should worship. We should read. We should pray. We should be doing all of those things in preparation to come on Sunday as we corporately worship. We're filled with what the music is saying to us. We're filled with our giving, the opportunities to give. We're filled with our praying as God speaks to us. We are filled when we hear the word being preached. Nehemiah 9, 1-3 states that worship comes from the cleansing of the heart. Nehemiah 8, 5-8 states that worship comes from the reading of God's word. Revelation 14, 7 states that we should come before the Lord, worship in fear of Him. Now, I'm going to step aside for a moment, and I'm going to address that for just a second. This is another sad thing in our society today. We have a generation that has lost the fear of God we have a generation that has lost respect we have lost a generation that even has reverence for the elderly our parents our school teachers our police officers our mt our military our leaders in our cities our state and our country and yes even the house of God Himself, we have people and a generation that didn't know how to even reverence fear or even respect those things. And I have to say, don't be pointing fingers as a parent because all of those things are first taught in the home. John 4.24 states that we should worship the Lord in spirit and truth worship in spirit allows ourselves to be opened up by God to God rather we open our spirits up to God we allow the Holy Spirit to come and move within us the Holy Spirit convicts us he corrects us and he shows his love for us and he directs us to be better than what we could ever believe to believe worship in truth I love this example. And many of you have seen this before. There is an ad that I've seen on television and it says, "Don't believe everything you read and don't believe everything you see." And it shows this scenario of these two ladies talking and said, "Oh," said, "I met this French this French model and I've got a date with him. I'm waiting on him to come pick me up right here on the side of my my house here" and said, "Uh, you know, I can't wait to see. He said, you should see the pictures. Well, then it shows this kind of slobby-looking dressed guy. He comes up, and he goes, are you so-and-so? And said, yeah. I said, who are you? were said, well, we got a date. He said, I thought you were a French actor, a model. He goes, oh, bonjour. Don't believe everything that you see. Don't believe everything that you hear. Truth is only found right here. Everything you base your life on God's word, that's truth today. Now these newscasters... And all these other people, they have to answer for what they do in the name of truth. They have to answer for that. But I answer to a higher person. I answer to God of what truth I portray. And what truth I talk about. What truth I try to live. I try so hard. I fail. But I try to base my life on the truth. On God's word. Let's dig a little deeper about worship. Worship in the Old Testament and New Testament. You know, we tend to want to say worship is only a noun. You English people out there, it's a no, 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 no. no. It's not only a noun. Really, worship is an action word. It's kind of a verb. It's a you know, it's something that you do. It's something that you constantly are aware of. In recognizing who our great God is, we are to praise Him, thank Him, and be obedient to Him, whatever He teaches through the Word. We have to realize that worship does not only happen in one place. Worship happens first in your home, I hope. I hope you have a time that you yourself has a quiet time. And maybe with your family. Lisa and I try. We fail Just like everybody else, and we don't have time. to We we make the time to read the Scripture and pray, but we try hard to do that. Worship starts at home. Worship is in your prayer time. How many of you pray in your car with your eyes open? It's important. How many of you have been on the road... And you see this person kind of spesting, you know, and they're up there doing their own, <laughs> their own little thing, and they're just going to town, and then you get up beside them to see what's going on, and you're going, and you can tell they're, <coughs> and they're singing. You know, I, I think when they start lifting their hands, and, and the, I just go, what a beautiful act of worship. What a beautiful act of worship. We can worship in the car. We can worship while you fish. How many fishermen we have in here? Ha <laughs> ha! That's awesome. more than yeah. You can worship on the lake. You can worship while you hike. You can worship while you exercise. You can worship while you build a ramp for your neighbor. You can worship when you carry food to someone and you love on someone with a visit. You can worship while you're alone or with family and friends. But it says in the scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. It is important that we worship in these places. But it is also important, and God points it out, that you come to church. And you be a part corporately of a church growing together and worship together in church. There are many examples of people worshiping in the scripture. I'm going to mention four of them, and then I'm done today. Genesis, the 22nd chapter. If you'd like to turn, you can, but for the sake of time, I have them, and I'm going on and read them. If you'd like just to jot those passages down and go back and read them, I'd be more than happy. Oh, my goodness, I'd be more than happy to show you and share with you. I'd really be more than happy just to copy off what I've got here, and I'll give it to you. Genesis 22, 12 through 14. This is about Abraham. Abraham has just gone onto the mountain. He's just laid his only son Isaac. He's laid him on the altar. And he's drawn the sword. And he's going to strike because he was being obedient to God to kill his son. And an angel says, do not lay a hand on the boy. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. We see Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his only son out of obedience to God himself. In that moment, did you see it? Worship occurred. Worship happened right there. On the side of the mountain. Did you notice something else? There were no pews. There were no chairs. There was no singing. Abraham, Isaac, an angel, and God. The act of obedience can happen in our lives at any moment. Have you been riding around and God placed somebody in your mind or your heart? I've had that to happen. Most times... I've acted on that. I've called them. I've dropped by their home. And it was not that that person was in danger, but many times it was God being a blessing, showing me, You did what I asked you to do. This is a blessing you are receiving. God, help us to have more of these experiences where you can teach us. And God, help us have more of these experiences so you can help us learn to obey. Mark 12, 41 through 44. Mark 12, 41 through 44 states, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Did you see it? That was worship. The simple act of giving, at this moment in time, it caught Jesus' eye. He recognized again her obedience to give. He recognized that she gave everything she had. As we read all through Scripture, all through Scripture, it is told to us as Christians, give, give. It is told to us that we are to give 10%. And then anything above that is an offering. But these are our tithes of 10%. Malachi says it very strongly in Malachi 3, 8 through 10. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Just, just give me a, a moment. Lisa and I have a story after story, after story. When we did not give our money, our, we gave our money. We didn't have the money to give our tithes, but we gave. And we can tell you time after time how God has blessed us in ways that we... It is, it's just simply a miracle. Simply a miracle. We are baffled looking back over our lives to see how God provided in so many ways. This shows that God is there when we give and it shows when we are obedient, God sees it and he loves us and he provides all the needs that we have. Giving is an act of worship. It's all about Him. I've often said that if everyone in the church would give their tithes the church would have more money than they would ever know what to do with. The third acts 16, 24 through 26. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. <laughs> I'd, I'd love just to been a fly on the wall for that experience. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is one of my favorite stories. Paul and Silas, after being beaten and bruised and then prisoned, and they were all bound. But yet they still found time to lift up their hearts lift up their lives, they began singing, and they began worshiping. You know, I've had people, when we were having a choir, we are going to be having a choir, uh, hopefully and prayerfully in January. We'll be starting that back. But I would go and I'd say, oh my gosh, why don't you sing in the choir with us? Oh, (coughs) you wouldn't want me in the choir, I can't sing. It doesn't say you have to sing perfectly. All this says is give a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. I don't know if Paul and Silas could sing, but boy, they were making a joyful noise in music. And God sent an earthquake, and it shook the foundations of that prison. I could literally go on and on and on about that one story. I love that story. Luke twenty-two forty-one 41 through 43. This is one of my favorites. It's talking about Jesus himself. They've just finished the, the Last Supper. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Not my will, but your will. Can you imagine what our Savior Jesus went through these last days? Can you imagine how hard it was for him to say, I know my destiny, not my will, but yours. God, I really, I want you to do this, but I realize it's not about me. Jesus is saying, God, it's not about me, it's all about you. I think in that passage, one of the purest forms of worship an example for every single one of us today for you see we are not only the church of the New Testament we are the church of the Bible I believe Genesis through Revelation and Crossroads Baptist Church is a church that stands on the whole Bible we believe it from cover to cover We believe it's the true word of God. It is infallible and it is truth. I ask you today, in just the glimpses of worship, where are you? Oh lord have mercy when i was doing this and i was topping this out my lord was dealing with me lisa happened to call we had some work done before we went on vacation to our car and it was more than what we were thinking and we put this into it and, and i was just so emotional i just got i just got all tore up I, I was and i said you'll have to excuse me god was dealing with my heart as i was closing out what he wanted me to say God said, Joey, what about your worship? Is it pure? Is it true? Today, God is saying, what about you? Did you see yourself in any of these passages? Did you see yourself in some of these comments? Has God spoken to you today? I pray. Is he dealing with you about your worship? I've said for years that we've gotten away in understanding about what the altar's for. Many Sundays, I feel the Spirit moving in our church. But yet, after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we go away and there's no one praying here at the altar. You know, I think, unfortunately, we've got a misunderstanding of what the altar's for. Because we piously sit back and we see somebody move and go, I know what's going on with them. Or, yeah, mm, they really need to go down and pray their children. Mm, mm, mm." That's not what it's about. In reality, the altar every week should be full of people praying, God, help me be what I need to be. Today, specifically, I'm asking the question to you. Are you at a point in your life where you can say, God, help me be the worshiper I need to be? For you see, when we get our worship right, We begin to worship in our homes. We begin to be an example in front of our family. We start worshiping on our jobs. We start worshiping in the grocery stores. We start worshiping collectively. God is going to do something. But it comes merely we cannot lead a horse to water, we cannot make you do anything. All we can ask is open your hearts. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit come in and change who you are. Let the Holy Spirit move so you can become better. Better. I heard a pastor say one time, Oh, I hope when I get older, I hope I become better and not bitter. God help me, help all of us as we become better, as we become better for him. For you see, when our worship is in order, man alive, this community is going to start recognizing. They're going to start hearing, did you hear God's moving at Crossroads Baptist Church? In fact, he is moving. Do you know we have more visitors in our services these days and it's simply because people are starting to hear what's happening. God is moving. There are many churches that we're fearful that's going to close their doors. Things aren't happening. And it's simply because their focus is off of what the focus should be. We should all be turning our eyes upon Jesus, as that little chorus says. When we turn our eyes on Jesus and we focus on Him, and we have this right, all of this will be right. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Jack if he'll come up. If you need to talk to Jack today, please come forward. If you need to just come forward nobody's going to judge you. If you need to come forward and say, Lord, help me in my worship, I ask you to come forward and pray. God, help us. Help us be what we need to be. Let's have a prayer. Father, this time is yours. It's not about me. It's not about any of us, but it's all about you. Use this time we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together quietly.